thank you for just the privilege it is to assemble together, Lord, today in this place. And, Lord, to, to come, and we come now, Lord, to just put aside the best we can, the distractions of this world, Lord. Lots going on in our church family, and shared a lot of that during the, at the end of Sunday school, Lord. And just praying for comfort for so many, Lord, that are hurting right now with lost friends and lost family members. And, and Lord, just uh, it seems like the list is growing and growing and growing. It's kind of a, kind of a, a crazy time in our, in our church. But, Lord, we're thankful. That, that through Jesus Christ, Lord, that when, when our time comes and ends, Lord, the next moment the word of God still says, absent from the body is present with the Lord, that we can be right there on the street of gold, Lord, and with our Savior and uh, just, uh, just worshiping at, at the feet of the one who made it all possible. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his death, his burial, his resurrection. It makes eternal life possible, but also abundant life possible. And Lord, today, now we're here to praise you. We're here to take some time, Lord, out of our, our lives and just focus on you. So help us to do that, Lord. Focus on whatever you have for, for us from your word today, Lord, whether it's, a, whether it's an encouragement, whether it's a challenge, whether it's, a Lord, uh, just whatever it is, you know what we stand in need of, and we open our hearts and ask you to have free reign in them today. Now accept our worship as we get ready to sing and, and praise, Lord, and just may you be glorified and honored. And if there would be somebody here, Lord, whether we're watching on live stream or in the parking lot or in the very room that's never trusted you as their Savior, Lord, let today be that day, and we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it all. In Christ's name, amen. Welcome. Why don't you join us and stand as we worship the Lord, and before we hear about an hour, an hour and a half of preaching, so stand up and rest your legs a little bit, and then we'll, we're going to all praise the Lord together. And the first one is, He is Exalted, in your book, number 36.
We have plenty to give thanks for this day. just have a seat and uh, we're going to be praying uh, for our, the message to come up. May our hearts be in tune with the Lord. May our hearts be open as we hear the word of God. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. Lord, as we hear your word preached, Lord, may our hearts be open, Lord. Lord, may we obey your word, not only hear it, but obey it and live the word that you have called us to live, Lord. Be with us this very day, Lord, as we worship you. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Uh, you want to stand up as they sing, speak, oh Lord. <laughs> Thank you. 
Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for singing. Brother TJ is going to come preach for us right after J.L. comes and sings special for us. How about that? And brother, so you just come on up right after that. And, and uh, by the way, just real quick as we're thinking about today and this weekend, Memorial Day, while Brother J.L. is coming up, I, I want to do one thing. Just, you know, Memorial Day is about those that passed. And we, we have Veterans Day to talk about those that served, and we're thankful for all of them. But this is about those that passed. If you have a name, maybe a family member that uh, passed away in the in one of the wars or that served and passed away in that capacity uh, uh, today. It's just uh, uh, maybe just, just take a quick second. Hold your hand up and just let's honor those names real quick. I'll start. Uh, my uncle, the one I'm named after, Michael Alonzo Wells, uh, died in Vietnam. And so uh, who's got one? Yes, ma'am. Gotcha. Honor those that gave gave their all. Amen. Anybody else? Yes. Richard one died in Vietnam. Amen. Anybody else today? You got a friend or family member you want to remember? Yes. Yep. World War Two. Mm. Flying the plane. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thankful for all those that served and gave the ultimate sacrifice. Amen. And that's what Memorial Day is about. Thankful we're free to assemble here. You know, I'm telling you, those freedoms are getting uh, getting uh, more questionable and more questionable as our as our society and our government heads different ways. But I'm just telling you what, we're just going to keep meeting. How about that? And uh, we'll keep pre- keep proclaiming the name of Christ and the gospel of Christ. And uh, all right, brother Jail, you come sing for us, and we'll turn it over to the preacher. i 
a good morning. I'd rather be here in a good jailhouse. Good to be in the house of the Lord. There's no place like this place, so I guess I'm in the right place. Amen. What a joy it is to be in God's house. I just got back from Rhode Island, that foreign nation up north there. But uh, we were speaking up there, spoke in three churches. Man, most of them's got it going on up there, and I'm excited about what's going on. I was with Drew Merrill. Drew Merrill's pastoring the church up there and doing a good job. He started off with about five or ten people, and now he's almost up to 40, and he's doing well, and we praise the Lord for what Drew's doing there. He's supposed to have been working with me, but we'll forgive him for that, but uh, uh, he's doing a good job there in Rhode Island. Uh, next week, I'm going to go to the opposite corner. I'm going down to Key West, Florida. There's a young man there started a church. I don't know if Mo Wright means anything to you, but it means everything to me. He started a church in the jailhouse. And, uh, man, God really worked in there. At one time, he was running almost 1,000 people. And, of course, uh, he's been gone to be with the Lord now quite some time. And uh, this brother was saved under him. Now he's starting a church. The other church is not doing too well, but he's starting a church, and we're going down to help him. And so you pray for us that we might be able to help him some there in Key West, Florida. Um, I haven't forgot about overseas. My heart's there. It's not over there, not down there. But uh, my heart's get back on the mission field. There's so much to be done. There's a lot of damage been done over the last year. Uh, a lot of churches is closed. A lot of the doors has been closed. But people are still receiving the Lord. We had three funerals. I said we. They had three funerals just recently. And every one of the funerals had more than 1,000 people. Most of them, 1,500, 2,000. One even had close to 10,000 people at the funeral. Can you imagine that coming to a funeral? And uh, people are doing anything to get out of the house. Like but anyhow, I shouldn't say that. But uh, uh, God, is, God is moving there. And we also have seen a few church plants since uh, this, during this coronavirus. But a lot of people are suffering. A lot of people are starving to death. Uh, we are doing everything we can to help them as much as we can. Uh, they are asking now for $5 a, a month. Can you imagine that? Would you like to live on $5 a month? 
I don't even know if I can live on $5 a day or not. But anyhow, uh, my food costs more than that. But anyhow, uh, you pray that the Lord will do what needs to be done this coming year. We're looking forward to see what God's going to do this year, not this coming year, but this year. We're trusting the Lord to do great and mighty things. If you take your Bibles, we'll not spend too much more time uh, advertising. You don't mind that, do you? I wrote my notes out this morning real proper this morning. I want to make sure they'll look good. But uh, I want to speak to you just briefly this morning. I've never been briefly. I'm going to do it this morning, though. But anyhow, uh, I want to preach on the power of the gospel. Our brother mentioned this morning, Sunday school, our tremendous hour. If you missed that, you missed a lot. I feel like that was headed for me and something I needed. But the power of the gospel. Have you ever thought about the power of of the gospel. The gospel's power, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So he's, he's saying there's power in the gospel. Today, we're not seeing much of the gospel. I started out about six, eight months ago during this pandemic. Uh, I, 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 got the, I got concerned about myself more than I did well, I'm, I'm concerned about others too. But I got concerned about myself. I wasn't doing that what I felt like that I could have done. And I started a ministry. I've always give out gospel tract. I've always tried to be a witness. I've tried to find people that are interested in what I've got to say, especially about the, the Word of God, the gospel message. And I began to give out gospel tracts. And I thought, if I could just go and give out gospel tracts, everybody would receive them. But you know, I was really surprised in the last six months. Are you listening to me? In the last six months, I've had no one to turn me down. Now, I've been giving them out. Don't look at me like that. You say, I ain't been, you ain't been giving them out because nobody's turned them down. No, people not turned them down. I, I was standing out in front of McDonald's not too long ago. As I was standing out in front of the McDonald's, I wasn't standing there. I was going in and out of the McDonald's. There was a man standing there. I'll get it right in a minute. And as he was standing there, he looked undesirable. You ever seen a person look undesirable? You think, my soul, why does he even exist? And he looked that bad, seriously. And I thought, well, this is my first one. I'm going to get turned down by giving the gospel track. And I spoke to him, and I asked him a question. I said, do you believe that God loves you? And he looked at me and he said, yes, sir, polite. I was astonished. He went on to say, yes, I believe that God loves me. Can you tell me more about it? And I thought, what's going on? Maybe, maybe, maybe something has, the wires has been crossed or something. He said, I want to know more about it. And I began to explain to him how that God loved him and he loved him so much that he gave his darling son to die on the cross of Calvary. He said, that's very interesting. He said, I've not heard of that. He said, I've heard about God. I've heard about Jesus, but I never realized that he was God's son. Tell me more. And there in front of McDonald's, I gave him the full plan of salvation. And there I asked him, would he receive the Lord Jesus Christ? And he said, I'd be a fool not to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And there he looked up in the heavens and there, right in front of McDonald's, people going in and out of McDonald's. He, he 
asked the Lord to come into his heart. I mean, said it out loud. And I had to be beside of him. People looking at him, looking at me, saying, what in the world's going on? They're having, they're having a crusade here in front of McDonald's or whatever it was. But he asked the Lord to come in his heart to save him. Now, the question is, did he get saved? I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if you're saved this morning. But I do know that he did ask the Lord Jesus to come into his heart. That's the power of the gospel. See, the many times we don't experience the power of the gospel because of the simple fact we never give it out. You've heard me say it, maybe. I don't know if you have or not. If you don't, I'm going to say it again. Anyhow, I remember when I was in Bible school many years ago, there was a preacher that got up and said, something has happened to the gospel. I want to listen to this. What's happened to the gospel? The gospel, I know that the Bible said it's the power of God unto salvation. Everyone that believeth, you first and also to the Greek. I'm going to listen to what he's got to say. He said, maybe the gospel has lost its power. Huh. He sort of laughed under his breath and said, that's a bunch of foolishness. We know that the gospel has never lost its power. And he, I was interested in what he's going to say next. He said, we know that the gospel has never lost its power, but it's never been given. People are waiting on it. That struck a chord in my heart, and I've never been the same since that day. I understood for the first time that people need to hear the gospel. Do you know the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, in order for a man, woman, boy, or girl to be saved, they've got to hear something from this book. They've got to hear something. That's the reason God has ordained preaching in the Word of God. That's the reason God has given this, this talent to people or this particular calling or this particular ordination that people might be able to go around the world and preach the gospel to people. So people's got to hear something. We can pray all day for the lost. I go in churches all the time and people are always got a big prayer list about those that are lost. Can I say that nobody will ever get saved by praying for them? I know you're looking at me like a new calf looking at a new fence. I understand that. But I'm saying this, no man will ever get saved. No woman will ever get saved. No boy, no girl will ever get saved unless somebody gives them the gospel. See, they're waiting on it. They've got to hear it. And if they hear not the gospel, people will die and go, the whole world is waiting for the gospel. We don't have enough missionaries to do that. If every missionary was witnessing somewhere, wherever you may be, the world would not be reached. The only, world, the only way this world will ever be reached with the gospel, are you listening here? The only way the world will ever be reached is by people like you. I'm talking about you. Yes, I'm talking about you. Yes, I'm talking about you in the back. You over here. All of us. If we are not witnesses, people will die and go to hell. Jesus was always concerned about nations. He was always concerned about people that's in this world. He said it like this in Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 10. You need to turn down. I want you to turn Acts 16 in just a moment, but I want to just give you an introduction. Actually, it's my message, but I'll give you a few points at the end. But, but, uh, we find that in Act, uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 10, 
And the gospel must first be published among all nations. From the time that God sent His darling Son to this earth, you remember, He was born of a virgin. He was part of the the Creator. He he, He created the heavens and the earth. We know that Jesus Christ was God's only beloved Son, the only begotten Son, born of a virgin. When He come on the scene, His purpose was to die for the who? The whole world. He didn't come and say, well, I just died for a few. No, 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 He died for the whole world. The world was sacrificed, the Son of God, for the world, that the world might be saved. And so we find that He's talking about, and the gospel must first be published you know people are waiting today to hear the gospel people are waiting for it have have you noticed that you know most of us are not prepared to be a witness can i can i can i can i prove to you that we're not prepared to be a witness if somebody fell out on the floor this morning and need to be saved what would you do oh we got our bibles with us don't we but what if we was out on the street see the thing about it is Most of us not prepared to give the gospel because of the fact we don't have a gospel track on us. We're not prepared for that. We're not really concerned about the souls of men. The only thing that we're concerned about is that we might get to church on Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday night. See, God said publish the gospel. Publish to all nations. That's that's Jesus talking. If you'll notice in Mark chapter 13, verse 10, don't turn there, but if you'll notice, it's written in red. You know what that means? That means it's written in red. No, that means that Jesus spoke those words. He said, and the gospel must first be published among all nations. So we know what the gospel is. It's him going to the cross of Calvary. That's him dying on the cross of Calvary. Him being buried in a tomb, three days later, victoriously over death, hell, and the grave, He resurrected from the grave. And because of that, men, women, boys, and girls like us can be saved. That's exciting to me, that God still saves old sinners, amen? And I'm a chief of them, amen? Paul said he was. I don't believe a word of it. I think I was the chief of it. Because I know me. I know who I am. I know I was lost and undone without God. Had no hope. My daddy was a drunkard. (laughs) Wouldn't let preachers in the house. Hated preachers. I thought, my Lord, I'll never get saved. I didn't even know what to do to be saved. But daddy wouldn't let preachers in the house. Finally one day, he turned me loose, took my leash off. And I got out. And my brother had gotten saved July 1968, and he witnessed to me, and I got saved in March of 1969 on my way to Vietnam. I wanted to raise my hand this morning, and when he mentioned about those that died in the war, we had 60,000 people die in Vietnam while I was there. I was there part of 67, 68, 69, and 70. Some people said, how in the world did you make it out? I don't know. I guess God had something for me to do. He wanted me to preach the gospel to you this morning, first of all. Amen? But there's, there's a couple things I want you to look at. There, there's, there's the gospel, the plan, that God has given to us in Mark 13, verse 10. 
Y'all with me? I mean, you got to be with me. If you don't, I'm going to sit down. But I, I've got to have you with me if, you, if you're not. There, there's, there's, a, there's a mission. See, it's, it's God's mission and our mission. What's God's mission? Well, I mentioned it a while ago. God's mission was this, that he would send his only begotten son. But God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You remember that verse, Romans 5, 8. So, therefore, we find that God's mission is finished. You remember when he hung his head there on the cross of Calvary, when he, passed, when he died, he hung his head and said, it's finished. Remember that? In other words, it's finished. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that's, that's ever walked on this planet had an opportunity to be saved from Adam and Eve all the way to the book of Revelation. Everybody from this day, that little baby that was born just this morning or just a while ago. See, we're talking about his mission is finished. See, his mission is providing the gospel. That's his mission. What's our mission? To get it out. People waiting on it. And so we've got to be busy about making Christ known. He says in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me. See, most church members are not witnesses. You can say amen right there. Or you can wait a little bit and then say amen. But most church members are not witnesses. They do not witness. They, ne they never give out a gospel tract. Most preachers are not witnesses. You say, how do you know? I've been with them. been with a lot of them. Most preachers never give out a gospel track. I'm not, I'm not criticizing your preacher today. I'm not doing that. I'm just simply saying, most preachers are not witnesses. And most Christians are not witnesses. If, if, if the truth was known, it'll never be known until one day it's gonna, we're going to find out what sort of work we've got. It's going to be all ironed out one day. But if the truth was known this morning, most of the people that are sitting here this morning have not ever been a witness for the Lord. Not a consistent one especially. See, God expects everybody to be a witness. Remember when Jesus was ascending back to heaven? Remember when he was there on the Mount of Olives and he's ascending back to heaven? And he said something in Acts chapter 1, he said, why are you folks sitting around here gazing? You remember? You know, you know that's what we Baptists are. We're good at gazing. We like to look. You know, we sit around to see when the mistake is going to be made. We're waiting to see what's going to happen next. We can't hardly wait to see what's next on the, on the agenda. But the thing about it is, listen, God has got a plan for us. He said, we don't, need to be, we don't need to be sitting around here. We need to be busy. What did he say? There was, there was a word he used, occupy, till I come. How in the world do we expect? I don't know if we got a burden or not. I like it. I like when missions conferences come. You, go, you have missions conferences? Oh, I know you have. I've been in one here. I like when missions conferences come. You know, we always reach in our pocket. We, we want to throw money at it, at missions. You, you, you ever seen this? Oh, goodness. My heart's broken. Man, I want people to be saved. I want to give my money. When was the last time you was a witness? 
When was the last time you told somebody that God loved them and Jesus died for them? When was the last time? You say, Preacher, you don't need to get so emotional about Well, the world's going to hell. In a handbasket. I've heard that said, and I thought I'd repeat that. Maybe you believe that too. The world's in awful shape. I just heard the preacher say this morning, hey, the world is in, is in a mess. And the reason that's in a mess is because we have failed to get the gospel to the ends of the world. People waiting on it. I think about those people that lives in the deepest part of Hillsville. You thought I was going to say Africa, didn't you? the deepest part of the Hillsville. There's people that probably lives within the city limits of Hillsville that's never heard that Jesus died for. I know you've made an effort, and you might get an E for effort. Sure won't give you an A. But there's people living right here that's going to die and go to a devil's hell without no hope. We have the truth. We have it. We have it in our hands. We have it in our laps. Hey, we have it in our home. But yet at the same time, when we leave the church and when we leave our home, we fail to get the gospel to people. People are waiting to hear that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. He said that we need to make known. You remember there in that passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. After the Holy Ghost comes to you, you shall be witnesses both at the same time in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts. You know that by heart, don't you? I heard your lips moving. Or saw your lips moving. Yeah. That's the way we are. We Baptists, you know. Hey, we know all that stuff. I, I love that song that you sang uh, this morning. Hey, I know every word of it. I can sing along, but I couldn't sing it by myself. Boy, I'd be in trouble. I love, we, we, we know all those things. But wait a minute. During the missions conference, we get, we get all stirred up about money. We get all stirred up about things. A lot of missionaries go to the mission field because they saw some film strip about some nation, and they said, I want to go there. And they end up there and they said, it's not like what I thought it was going to be. And they come back home. We need to train our people. I got a dear friend of mine, Brother Tom Sexton. I talked to him this morning. Got a great church down in Cape Coral, Florida. He said, one of the problems in our churches today, we're not training our people to be witnesses. <clears throat> you can say amen right there. Or you can wait a little bit. It doesn't matter. See, the thing about it is, we've never been trained to be a witness. What does it mean to be a witness? What does it mean to bring people to Christ? Can I explain it to you? I'm glad you did. I'm glad I am. Acts chapter 16, if you will. We're to make known Christ in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. But I want you to notice the result and the power of the gospel. It's found in Acts chapter 16. I want you to notice in Acts chapter 16 in verse number 5, I love this verse. Powerful verse. You're looking at it. Don't read it till I get there. 
Acts chapter five, uh, 16, verse number 5. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number, what's that next word? Daily. Boy, we're planting them today, aren't we? We're planting more churches, we know what to do with Hey, we've got more churches than we can put people in. No, no, no. The Bible says daily. Not only to be a witness daily. You, you're still with me, aren't you? If I left, would it be the same? I hope not. See, daily people are witnessing. You remember in Acts chapter 1, man, when people got to witnessing, telling people about 3,000 people got saved? When's the last time you've seen 3,000 people get saved? Oh, you say that was in the book of Acts chapter 1. I understand. I was born at night, but not last night. I'm simply saying, the world is waiting for the gospel. It's waiting for you. Not for your preacher, not for this missionary. People, you know, people, I go into church and they say, oh man, oh you've been here and you've been there, man. you like Johnny Cash, you've been everywhere, man. But the thing about it is, what have you done? What are you doing? Sitting like a, like a knot on a, a bump on a cucumber? See, God is intended for us to be a witness. You, 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 everybody that's here this morning. Everybody to be a witness. If you're not a witness, hey, we're not right. Did I say that? I about said it, but I didn't. But I'm going to go ahead and say it anyhow. A person that don't witness is not right with God. Can't be filled with the Spirit of God. No. But if you're witnessing for God, you have to have God's Spirit filling you that you might be able to go and tell people about Jesus Christ. People wait. I, I love that verse. So were the churches established in the faith and increased in number. I wish it had said once a month, once a year, every once in a while. No, it said daily. Every day. Every day. Every day. Paul is lying up in his bed like most Christians. I like to get at Paul once in a while because Everybody thinks he's such a great Christian. And he was, don't get me wrong. But Paul was lying in his bed. God began to stir him. But God began to open his eyes and his heart while he was asleep. And he heard a voice. A voice that came all the way from Macedonia. Hey, come over and help us. Paul's asleep. In his heart he was stirred and moved. Notice, if you will, in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, he waited a while. No, no, no. Immediately. We in to go into Macedonia and surely gathered that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. When's the last time you heard that call? I ain't talking about your preacher. He's heard it. I'm talking about you. I ain't talking about you deacons. I'm talking about everybody that's here. Have you heard it? Most of us not listening. That's for the missionary. He's the spiritual one. Only if you knew what you was working with as missionaries. 
as missionaries. The missionaries that are missionaries. Only if you knew. See, you'll reach more people than most missionaries will. Come on now, listen to me. I know that's a little bit cutting, you know, like a knife in your heart. But God said he wants you to be a witness. I'm not talking about the apostle Paul. I'm not talking about Peter, Barnabas, Silas. I'm not talking about those people. They're off the scene. They, rich. they did what they need to do in their generation. But what about our generation? What are we doing? Looking all cute and swab, best attire on, everything going good. Man, do you like my suit? I mean, what else can you say? Amen. But is that what it's about? No, it's not what it's about. It's everybody to be a witness. I can tell you I've been to a hundred nations, more than a hundred nations. I've preached in more than a hundred nations. I've got friends all over this world. But does that make me done more than you? No. Most likely I will do more than you because of the fact you're not a witness. <coughs> Get a hold of it. Everybody is to be a witness. Everybody is to be a witness. If you're not a witness, you're not right with God. I know. You may not invite me back. That's okay. I appreciate being here. Because I have a message. God gave me a message a long time ago. That men and women, boys and girls. There's a fellow named Bezalel. I don't know if you ever heard of him. If you read your Bible, you know him. Bezalel was a, a layman. Never was called to preach. Wasn't a prophet. He was just a regular, everyday old layman. How many laymen got? Don't raise your hand. All of you look like laymans to me. But he was a layman. Moses, remember Moses went up on the mountain. And God told him, I don't have a place to dwell. I want you to build me a tabernacle. You remember the story? Very interesting. Moses come down and he said, I don't know. This job that God's given me. I was thinking about the other day. I've been writing a little bit. And when we first got to the mission field. And I thought, Lord... I never thought missions was like this. First door I knocked on up on the high road. Man came to the door. Well, he come all the way outside because you see him pull up. Hey, what are you doing here? I said, well, we're trying to get a church started. We don't want none. We want you out of here. I said, wait a minute. You ain't heard what I said. It was tough. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you will get in my car, I'll go pick up your family and I'll pay for you to fly back to America if you'll leave. Very kind, fellas. You know. Very difficult. But yet at the same time, God's interested in reaching people. Now, if I'd have listened to that guy, I probably wouldn't have built two churches up there. Started two churches, turned them over to pastors. It works. The gospel works. So, so we find here in this passage of Scripture that Paul is being called on by God 
to do a work for God in Macedonia, which is in the little, little village called Philippi. And we find that Paul gets up out of his sleep and slumber and immediately endeavors to go to Macedonia. Why? Because he's got a job to do. Just like Bezalel. Bezalel, here Moses come down off the mountain. You thought I forgot my story. I did for a little bit, but anyhow. The older I get, the more I forget. Amen. I don't want to forget some things. But Bezalel was in the, in the audience when Moses began to talk to the people. And he said, God wants a tabernacle. I don't know. I, I've never built a tabernacle. All the little whatnots and all the little doodads and all that stuff inside. I don't know how to do all that stuff. Bezalel raised his hand. And he said, I'll do all that's in your heart. What about them males? You know, I feel sorry for these pastors. I really do. God bless them. I'm glad I'm not a pastor. I'm a missionary. I can stir up a hornet's nest and gone. <laughs> but the thing about it is, Bezalel had been trained in Egypt to do everything that needed to be done. All the gold and silver and all the snuff dishes. I didn't, you know. We don't have snuff dishes in our churches anymore, do we? Remember, Pastor, I can't get off on that. Time's running out and I need to quit. But I want you to notice that Paul immediately gets up and goes. And Bezalel immediately gets up and builds the tabernacle. Everything in it. Him and Olab. Hola Lab, whatever his name is. You have to look it up. I'm not pronouncing it right. But great men, not preachers. See, that's what we need in our churches. These pastors that come into these churches, hey, they can't build no church. They're too ignorant to do that. <clears throat> Maybe I shouldn't say it that way. Pastors can't build churches. God builds his church, but he does it with lay people. People like you and I. People like you that are sitting here cute and suave. Hey, you, you, God uses you. That's what God wants is people like us. Notice a little bit farther on down there. I love this passage of Scripture. In verse number 13, and on the Sabbath, now he's on land in Macedonia, down at, in Philippi went out of the city by a river. Wonder why he went by a riverside. That's where people meet. If you want to meet women in Africa, if you want to meet men and women, there's women down there scrubbing their clothes by the riverside. No different there. He knew that's where people was going to be. So he's down there, and what happened? I, I've got to quit. I've got to go fast. But don't, we'll be here all day. And a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purpose, purple, I don't know what all that means, doesn't matter, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God. She had a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. 
heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. You know what we're seeing start here? I know some of you think this guy's lost his mind. I haven't, really. I mean, I've got part of it left. But what, what we see here unfolding in front of our faces, in front of our eyes, is a church being planted. A powerful church. You ever read the book of Philippians? That's where it was started. That's where it was written to him, was this church here in, Philipp, uh, in Philippi. And he goes on to say, she opened her heart. It gives the plan that we need to go by, by the way, too. I love the plan that's, that's laid out here. Notice, if you will, a certain woman named Lydia, cell of purple, city of Tyre, Tyre, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, isn't that amazing? Every convert needs to be baptized. If a person gets saved, they need to be baptized. I remember old Dr. Lee Robertson. I remember him get up on the platform and, and he'd stand up there and people, just hundreds of people come every morning, every night, every Sunday morning, Sunday night. I never seen a time that people didn't come forward and serve. And, and people would come forward. And when they come forward, they either got come for baptism, this, that, and the other, whatever. But most of them he was concerned about was those that had received the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior during the week. And they showed up at church. And he'd ask them, uh, do you believe that Christ Jesus died on the cross for you? Yes, sir. Do you believe that he was buried and rose again? Yes, sir. Do you, do you want to follow Christ in believer's baptism? And they would say, I don't know if I do it. He's not serious. Sit down. I'm serious. That's where it ought to be. People that saved by the grace of God. Well, I'm not sure that I need to be. Hey, you either don't know the scriptures or you're not... <clears throat> I won't say it. But anyhow, just leave it there. I'm simply saying, here's a woman that heard the message. Heard the message. And immediately she went on. Notice what it says. And notice, if you will, I'm finding my place. Yeah, and when she was baptized in her. Notice that something else. That's another thing that bothers me today. Is when people get saved, they don't never reach their family. How many mothers and dads may be sitting here this morning... You've got a son or daughter that's going to hell. You've never witnessed to them. That's a shame and a disgrace. You ought to be able to do everything you can to get them the gospel so that they can make a decision. And if they don't make a decision, that's not your fault. That's their fault. But we've got to get the message. But notice, not only did she follow Christ in believer's baptism, but notice, hey, her household did the same. They followed her. What influence this woman had. And then go on down uh, in, in verses 17 on down. We could go into all that, but we won't go into it. But we find that Paul had to do something to get in trouble. Ended up in jail. They didn't like the gospel then. They don't like it today. If you don't believe it, go up the hills and try to stand on the street corner and preach without some verification. They look at you like a new calf, look at a new fence, and will probably do something with you. Why is it that way? It's the same way in those days. What's the difference today? And then he goes on down. He ends up in jail. And while they're in jail, something happens. Earthquake happens. Doors fall off the hinges. They're all sitting in there. They've been singing and praising God. Boy, they've been having a, having a 
<clears throat> a good meeting. God doing something. And the earthquake comes and the door flies off the hinges. And, and here's the old jailer, man. He's scared to death. Man, I've lost my job. Man, I've lost all the, soul, all the jailer, uh, all the prisoners. Man, what are we going to do? And he's about ready to take his knife out and, 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 and stop himself. Amen. No, no, no. Don't, don't do any, no harm to yourself. We're all here. And he finally says, what must I do to be saved? Now, I like this other part now. Don't, don't, don't miss this part. I want you to notice. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisons heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's band was loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, set uh, seeing the prison doors open. He drew out his sword, would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said unto them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? God save his soul. Hey, in order for a church to grow, people have got to be a witness. I'm sure that Lydia had something to do with that, don't you? It was just not Paul's preaching. Paul preached. He's faithful at it. He's doing it every day. He's down by the riverside. He's seeing a lot of women, a lot of men, a lot of people getting saved. They're down there right washing their donkeys and their camels and all the rest of it. He's making sure everything, hey, he's down there preaching where the people are at. And then notice, if you will, in verse number 32, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed the stripes, was baptized. You know how you know the working of the Spirit of God in the church? People are getting saved on a day-to-day basis. And the baptism waters is moving on a continual basis. Pastor can't do it all. He can't do it. There's no way he can do it. He's going to witness to about as many people as you are. Maybe a few more because you're not going to do it. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And when he had brought them into the house, his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. With all of his house. All of his house. They follow suit. Look in, the, look in your scriptures. Look in the Bible. And every time people get saved, they get baptized. Every time people get baptized, immediately they begin to tell people about, uh, begin to tell their loved ones about the Lord. People get saved, they don't tell people about Jesus anymore. I, I've got a gospel track, I think it's on, on it. I love it. Now that you're a Christian, you listening? This says, share your newfound faith with your family and friends. Identify with Christ through believer's baptism and become part of a local Bible-believing church. <laughs> it works. The power of the gospel. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I, I went too long. Y'all will forgive me, won't you? I hope so. If you don't, I'm going to go ahead anyhow.
with every head bowed and every eyes closed. Maybe this morning, maybe something was said that you realize that you need to be a witness. Maybe you failed to be a witness and God's spoken to you this morning. Maybe you need to slip out of your place this morning and say, I know I need to be a witness. God has commanded me to be a witness. I'm to be a witness. Not a soul winner, but a witness. Oh, I, I know the term. But if a person is a witness, they, they're bringing people to understand, creating a desire in people's heart. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, you say, Preacher, would you pray for me? I need to become a, a better witness, a greater witness. Yes, 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 yes. Praise the Lord. That was my message. Now we got an altar to deal with now. God's dealing with people. I, I, I talked with him a moment ago. He's still here. He ain't left. Would you come just get up out of your seat and say, God, help me be a witness. Help me. Would you slip out of your place? Would you come? Come on. That's right. Be bold and brave. And say, yes, I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be a witness for him. Come on. Slip out of your place. God bless you. Come on. Others need to slip out of your place. Come on. Let God have his way. Hey, we, this is the beginning of revival, to be honest with you. If we'll only let it happen. You've got to start being a witness. Quickly, slip out of your place. Hey, hey, don't, don't be a hindrance. Let's just let God speak, okay? If he's speaking, obey him. Remember what Paul did? He's sound asleep. God woke him up. And immediately, he tore off going to Macedonia. There in that little village of Philippi. To win those people to the Lord Jesus Christ. People got saved, then followed Christ and believers' baptism. Anybody else? Right quick, slip out of your place. God expects you to build this church, not the pastor, but you to build this church. Father, thank you for the power of the gospel. Lord, we know that the gospel message can turn the world upside down. In fact, we know it happened in the days of Paul. They literally turned the world upside down. God, thank you. Use it. Help me to be a better witness for you for the glory and honor and praise of Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother. Amen. The gospel still works. I can tell you from this past week, it still works. And, uh, so let's be faithful about being witnesses of it. You say, where's tracks? They're all over. Every door you're going to go out today has got tracks at it. Amen. And so go grab you some, give them out, and let's share the good news about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. Brother TJ, I'm going to ask you if you hit the back so folks could elbow you or whatever we're doing today. I'll get that. Yes, sir. Thank you. And uh, appreciate that message and getting us back on the focus because that is the main thing, still the main thing. Have you seen a theme? I don't talk about pre I don't talk to preachers when they come. The challenge has been pretty simple. Week after week after week, get back to making the main thing the main thing. Right? Get back to giving the gospel out. And uh, real quick on some announcements. Uh, so so we're all on the same page, and we'll close with a song in just a second. But 
tonight, no service. Make sure you get that. I know it's listed two different ways in here, but tonight is, uh, if you can go at, uh, at Von Gwynn McGrady, we'll have uh, uh, here in Hillsville. Uh, I might have got those backwards. I always seem to mess those up, but here at Hillsville, 6 to 8 tonight, uh, the viewing for uh, Willis Hill. So if you can go, and Miss Shirley, I know would appreciate that. Pray for her. Also, besides that, I understand she's on her way to Roanoke right now, and her sister's in bad shape, so just really be lifting them up. And uh, coming up on Friday, we'll be viewing the same place for Tim Goad. I get the times out, Zach times out to you. I think it's 6 to 8 as well, but I'll get that out in a call. And then uh, Sunday, I mean, I'm sorry, Saturday will be his service. Again, the time will, I'll get that time out to you. Uh, I'm working off memory, and I don't trust my memory. How many of you trust your memory? Yeah. <laughs> I certainly don't, and I'm not even his age, and I'm still forgetting stuff. Uh, so, so remember those things. Uh, real quick, if you have somebody that's graduated next Sunday morning, we're going to recognize them. So if you graduated from anything, get a family member that did. Get your, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. Get their name on there uh, so we can recognize them next Sunday. Uh, that means high school, college, driving school, I don't know, whatever you graduated from. Uh, uh, some of you from kindergarten, I don't, whatever it is, we'll recognize them and uh, put their name on there so we, we don't want to miss anybody. So please get their name back there. Uh, so I think that's the bulk of the announcements there. Uh, some of you just uh, uh, got to catch up. Some of you, if some of you can hang around. Those of you that are singers that sing, don't leave yet till I catch you. <laughs> Anybody that sings here, I got to talk to you real quick uh, about some upcoming stuff if I can, I can get some help with there. Uh, so uh, anyway, I think that's it. We'll close. Brother Doug, go up there. All right. We'll close with a song here, and, and uh, we'll be dismissed. Again, no service tonight. Uh, if, you can, if you can find your way, I know Miss Hill would really appreciate that. It'd be encouragement to her to get by and for the viewing tonight at 6 o'clock. Okay, if you would all stand, we're going to sing Redeem. But look at that first line there, how I love to proclaim it. Do we love to proclaim it? That's what uh, Missionary Tilly talked about this morning. Do we love to proclaim it? All set. Redeem how I love to 